0: Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming service. Today I'm sitting down with Andrea Dennett, the founder and CEO of DeSavory a wellness brand of serums specially formulated with botanical ingredients to enhance the body's inherent biochemistry. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here for this issue of On the Spot with Melinda Garvey. I have a really, really great woman with me today, all the way from London, England. I'm so excited that she's joining us today. You know, we at On the Dot are all about providing women, access to women globally, because there's so many amazing women doing things everywhere. So we're really excited to have Andrea Dinnick, who is the founder of a company called DeSavory. And it is a skincare company, but it has a really unique twist that we're going to talk about. And so welcome. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time to share with our listeners today.
1: My pleasure.
0: So the first thing I think is interesting, when I started looking at your background, I was like, gosh, she's just like me. You have a media background, right? You were on television, you were on air, and you've done content development. I'm going, okay, yep, yep, yep. I get everything you do. And then all of a sudden, this switch you know, I know you sort of had that healthcare stint, but still in context. The really interesting thing for women to hear is sort of this path, because I know we all think, oh, well, I got to stay on this certain path or do this. But I would love just to hear a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, it's an interesting question. And it's something I've been thinking about, because there's sort of a path that you follow. But oftentimes, I think for women, it's really easy to look back and say, here's the path. And it's a lot harder to live in it. And move in the ways that you feel is the right thing for you to do, or in fact, to take chances where you don't know where something's going. So I think a path is a great, it's a great image, but it's always when you're looking back on it, when you're in the middle of it, it's really hard to see where you're going. And I would say for me, that was definitely the case because I did have a fairly established media career. But Even in that media career, you're right, I was on air, and then I worked for um, Walt Disney for, for several years, and I was more behind the scenes on the executive producer side and TV channel side. And then I ended up getting approached about starting a TV channel about health and wellness. So... Although I liked the concept of health and wellness, I saw it more as just another sector and that this would be using my television and media skills to create a TV channel, which we did do. And it's at that point I really got hooked on the health and wellness stuff and I realized that it was actually a much more important part of my life than I ever really realized. And then when I wanted to do something 100% on my own with no investors and no business partners and really have something that was all mine, I realized that I needed to step away from that. But there was a tremendous amount I learned during that period of time. And all of those things came together to what I'm doing now. But you never know that when you're in the middle of it.
0: Well, and I think that, that some of the things I always marvel because I've heard so many incredible stories of women who, again, were in one sort of you know, sector, if you will, Uh, and I think to myself, how in the heck does she figure out how to source, you know, these oils and these special things that you, I mean, I think that that the most important thing to impart, especially to a lot of our young listeners, we have a lot of millennial women, you know, who, who are struggling and thinking what path, I have to be on a path, you know, it's a stressful thing, but really those learnings come from every single one of those things. And I
1: think just that knowing, like I can figure it out, right? I mean, I think it's one of the great things about our age is, gosh, there's an awful lot of stuff on the internet. There's a lot of courses you can take if you don't know how to do something. There's a lot of information out there. And that's one of the things that if we are talking about a path and the different experiences that I think has brought me here is being a journalist, as you know, is all about gathering information and then becoming a pseudo expert in a way. So that's what you do when you're running a business. You don't know how to do things. So you you Google it, you yes. <laughs> look at the ingredients, you look at what other people are doing, and you recognize you can do that.
0: No, that's awesome. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit about DeSavory and your fabulous products and the why behind it, because that you have a really special twist. It's really intriguing to me. So I'd love for you just to share what that is, because they aren't just any old skincare products.
1: Well, when I was back to the research point, I wanted to, as I said, do something on my own. I knew that I wanted to do something in, I wouldn't say I knew I wanted to do skincare. I wanted to do something more in such a, I'm not not crazy about the phrase, but self-care. I wanted to do something for women to make them feel good, basically. So when I started to research plant oils and what would make the best ingredients for skincare, I found more... Proper scientific evidence about inhaling certain plant oils and the physiological impact that that inhalation of those certain ingredients had on your body. And I'll give you an example. When you inhale rosemary, this is a really neat one. It boosts your cognition, the inhalation, it literally sends different chemicals to your brain it boosts your cognition so when you're doing a task you will be faster and have higher rate of accuracy after inhaling rosemary when you speed up with something you lose accuracy and sometimes when you're trying to be really accurate you slow down and rosemary gives you this kind of like turbocharge. and it was truly a proper scientific like a lot of people were in this study and i just thought Well, we're all into coffee and we're trying to to optimize our days. And hey, we could just be smelling rosemary. That's why I was going to say I have rosemary bushes
0: in my yard. We grow them a lot in Texas. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm always out there clipping it. Now I just need to be sniffing it.
1: <laughs> absolutely it's just one example but there are many examples of ingredients that lower your cortisol levels yes i need to know about that one what's yeah. that <laughs> well that's bergamot so um bergamot is a citrus fruit and it's the oil that comes from the peel of the bergamot fruit and uh yeah there's quite a few studies that talk about they measure the saliva so it's moved from that kind of world of science has moved away from Oh, it makes you feel relaxed too. Actually, it does something very measurable. Yeah. So as soon as you've got that science, then it started to become fun for me to think, well, actually, why don't I just create basically a skincare cocktail for myself that's gonna put me in the absolute best frame of mind and make me feel good because when you feel good, you look good. And I know that sounds like such a flippant thing to say, but it's so true. So I got back to what were the skincare ingredients that I wanted to use and I found some amazing and very, very beautiful, I think really precious and unique ingredients. I put them together with the elements that you would inhale when you use them so that when you're applying the product, you're inhaling certain ingredients and you're getting that fantastic cognition or mood boosting element effect. So it was basically one-stop shopping, put on your face care and like look amazing and feel amazing. And so then that was where I developed the product. So I've got a sort of created a routine because that's what everybody told me. They just want a routine. Tell me what to use and when to use it. So I've got two products that are kind of a one step, two step, and they have ingredients that lower your cortisol levels, increase your serotonin, which makes you feel happier and gives you a very calm and grounded feeling. So that was how I wanted to start my day. I kind of got into meditation a few years ago and I thought, gosh, could you bottle a little meditation? <laughs> you can actually bottle the effects of meditation a little bit. And that's what this skincare is. And then I, moving on from that, I wanted to really support people throughout the day. And so when I wanted to think about a cleanser for the evening, you're cleansing at night, you're ready for bed. So I started to look for plant ingredients that would make you feel sleepy. And I wanted to look at ingredients, you know, beyond lack. Once that again there was a measurable effect on the quality of your sleep and a measurable effect on how sleepy you felt and that's the dream cleanser so I've got a few products and they're all designed to make you feel good when you use them That's awesome. That's great. And then have you done any studies, you know, once people use them or
0: even any anecdotal, like on feedback, what's, what's that feedback? Well,
1: what I was looking at were really making sure that there was serious scientific backing for the ingredients. And now the next step is to do some studies on my products to look at how they're working synergistically. Anecdotally, It's, yeah, you get a lot of really great feedback from people and the cleanser is an interesting one. A lot of people now they're using it, and this is really interesting how your mind works. They start associating it with bedtime. So Mm -hmm. it makes them feel sleepy just putting it on because you've got that association with this is my evening ritual. So there's so many interesting things at play. And the other thing that I would say is again back to that sort of how your mind works. When you know you're gonna be using my product that is time for you to inhale ingredients so that you feel good, I mean, my stuff works, but let's be honest, there's a placebo part there. And there's just a part that's saying, I'm taking time for myself, I'm inhaling, I'm taking five minutes so that I can face the day feeling really great. And just having that cue and that pause, I think is really effective for people.
0: Very cool. So we often talk about, you know, especially with young women, sort of encouraging them to take the leap and to do these things. And I know that, that you started your business at, is it at 50?
1: Is that correct? Definitely. I was over 50. Yeah. Okay. Just 50, 50, 51. Yeah.
0: Which is when I launched my second business on the dot. I, you know, I was just turning 50 and I get asked about sort of this second time around as an entrepreneur, you know, this is my, my second endeavor. And I certainly had this idea like, oh, gonna be so much easier the second time yeah I didn't know what I was doing the first time and what I found is that in so many ways and mostly psychologically it's actually harder I guess because I feel like I should know more I should be better at this I should be making fewer mistakes you know all of those things so I would just love for you to talk a little bit about your experience starting your business at 50 and sort of what you face
1: when you're younger I was a very ballsy 20-something, I would say, and I had a hell of a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. And I do think that when you have children and you're maybe not as involved in your career, it's really easy to lose that confidence. And so there was a side of me that would often look back at my 20-year-old self and say, what happened? You know, What happened to that person? Where did she go? Yeah, and it has been about remembering that and bringing that back to the table. And then I would say, Overall, I think it's been great to be doing this at my age, to be honest with you. I actually, different from you, I actually feel I'm making fewer mistakes, mostly because I'm having the confidence to listen to myself. And I'm c- continually reminding myself that I'm only doing this because I actually think I know better and I do know better. So just stick with your decisions and listen to your gut instincts. So there's more confidence there. Um, you know, you're always evolving and learning. And so there's definitely some things that I have found actually really hard that I didn't think that I would find hard. And then other things that maybe one would say, like, just as an example, I find selling and talking about my products really easy. Put me in front of a room of a thousand people and I'm so happy to talk about it and I feel really comfortable. Most people would have a really hard time with that, or many people would, but then there's other things that I find very, I find I'm very cautious in terms of growing the business. And you have to recognize there's always going to be things that you're uncomfortable with and you have to recognize that and kind of, cut the emotion out of it and say this isn't about feeling uncomfortable or comfortable. Like, get over that. You need to do this for your business. So just get out and do it. And that is something that I think does come with age that you can separate that and just kind of like give yourself a little bit of a kind of cue and say, take the emotion out of it and just do what you need to do. Yeah. And I think of it surrounding yourself with people. I think that that
0: does, um, you know, the benefit of being older and having, you know, sort of this tribe of people and networks and connections and that kind of thing that you have a lot of those resources built
1: up and using those resources. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that's probably one of the hardest things is I've always worked with a lot of people and teams and I find it really difficult to work on my own.
0: Yeah, actually, when I actually want to talk about that more because so I think it is interesting because I think you and I share this that I don't want to do this alone. <laughs> Does anybody want to do this with me? And I don't like working from home as much. I know you talk about that. And I think some of it is our generation. Like, you know, you had this sort of tribe there and that's how we learned and we grew and we challenged each other. And so um, I'd love for you just
1: to talk about that because I think you have some great tips on how to overcome that. I have always worked, especially and you know, working in television or working in the media is a team effort always. And so to do this on my own, I felt that was kind of challenging for me. And I didn't particularly enjoy working by myself. I'm a person who loves to talk through ideas and I find when I'm talking, that's when the best ideas come along. So I've tried to really do things that create some structure in my life. And also I think the best thing is because it's me and I put a lot of pressure on myself, it was just work, work, work all the time. It is like we all know that it's the most productive way to work. So one thing I've really done is worked at recognizing that I don't need to do things, be busy all the time. And actually one of the joys of having that flexibility is Being able to do things that, you know, in the middle of the day or do things that you couldn't do as a normal working person in a nine to five job or, you know, a nine to six Mm -hmm. job. So it's also taking those opportunities and recognizing that, hey, you know, there's some downsides and there's uh, some upsides, so take the upsides. Well, I think it is interesting because, of course, there's this big culture
0: of working from home regardless of whether or not there's an office or a team. And I've been kind of not struggling, that's really not the right word, but just grappling with with how to sort of make it feel get that same productivity, that same idea generation when people are working remotely and sort of understanding what that looks like. And I know that just figuring out those styles of work. And one of the things that, that you talked about was just figuring out what times you're most productive. Like you're yeah. a really early person, and you like that, and then you you go dark in the middle of the afternoon and then pick back up again. And I I think that those are also some of the things when you're looking with remote work situations just trying to figure that out with your employees or team members you know what's working
1: what's working for everybody and i think podcasts are fabulous that's been inspirational for me and i don't know i just feel like it's company listening to other people's experience you're having a bad day and then you listen to a podcast and you realize you know it's not perfect for everybody and you have good days and bad days and you just have to kind of ride with it so that's been good
0: well, we always say about our daily on the dot, which is four minutes, that you can listen to it while you put on your mascara. You know, we sort of created it so that there was no barrier. And, you know, yes. but that, that is really what it's all about, is that starting the day with that. And I do think that it is interesting, the Audible, you know, we decided to make an Audible and it's kind of unique because there are very few four-minute podcasts, right? I mean, people are like, what, what is that? Is it a podcast? And I find that we're normally readers, once they listen a couple of times, it completely changes it because it's such a different experience. And I do think that that's, you know, what's happening with the podcast world is that you do feel like it's bringing someone into your life, right, in a more physical way. So I would love to know, what is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? That What's the, the very best thing?
1: This is a really funny story, but there's a kind of packaging show in London. And I know they're in other major cities where all the different people who supply packaging come and it's a big trade fair. And I went... To the trade fair this year and it was in i think november no like october and i just wanted to check up on a couple of things i've obviously got all my packaging sorted but i thought it would be good to go there and see what's happening and in any innovation so i went to the packing shape it sounds really silly but i was almost so emotional because i thought one year ago i didn't even know like First of all, I knew nothing about packaging. I knew nothing about any of the lingo that people use, like MOQs, which is you know minimum order quantity. All of the lingo, all of the terms, all of the technical stuff, all of the suppliers. And I had this feeling like, oh my gosh, wow, look at me. I have a product, I've done my packaging. And yeah, I felt really, you know, gosh, if a packaging fair can make you feel emotional, boy, you know, so I don't take enough time to stop and think. Hey, this is like I've done this, but when you do, it's kind of a nice feeling. And I think that's a really important message about taking
0: the time to stop and assess and and look and really relish in those accomplishments because they are many. And I'm terrible about doing that, you know. And I'm so hard on myself. And we haven't done this, and this isn't fast enough, you know. I'm I'm just notorious for that. So.
1: Can I add a couple of other things? Yes, of course. I'd love that. Um, the other thing that I've really loved is how it's forced me to reconnect with a lot of old friends, and how supportive all these networks that I didn't know that I had, or let's say they were dormant networks. Right. All of a sudden, I had a kind of pop-up event when I first started, and. I live in London, but I went back to Toronto and my sister hosted at her house and somehow word got around from my old high school friends and like they came in gangs of women and they were saying, we're so proud of you. I hadn't seen them for many of them for sort of 20 years and that was just so fun and some of them have become great champions for me and really nice customers. So that's just great to reconnect with people. It's a great excuse to get together and revive some of those old networks. So that's also been a really great plus. No, that's awesome.
0: So any sort of baseline pieces of advice or things that you always give to people or that, that thing that you always fall back on, what would that be?
1: One thing that I would say, because I've done this and now I'm, it's, you know, is I love when people give me good feedback on the product. and I can genuinely see they like it and they keep reordering. And that's just such a good feeling because sometimes when someone buys your product, it's, I always joke, it's the pity sale. Like, oh yeah, well, I'll support her. But then when they come back three and four times and then you hear that someone else has bought it because... Their friends have told them, that's a great feeling. So I've established that business and I can see that it's working and I can see people are liking the product. So a lot of people come to me and share with me their kind of like inner desire to also do something. And one of the things that I find is that you just... It's hard to say it to them, but just get out and do it. Talking about it and harboring some secret desire to do something or thinking that you've got half an idea, but you're really not sure. I kind of want to say to people, well, you're not going to get to the whole idea until until you start trying to execute half of that idea, because then the other half may come along and you don't know until you start doing it. So I do find that as a really typical fallback for people. Oh, but I haven't, I haven't 100% decided, or I might do this. And there's no halfway doing this. You can have half an idea and start developing to get to the whole idea, but you can't do it unless you start and you have to start. So that would be my main advice to people.
0: That's great advice. So tell us, I know you're based in the UK, but where can our listeners get your products? Can you get them
1: all over? Yeah. If you go onto my website, which is Desavory, and it's spelled just the way it sounds, D-E-S-A-V-E-R-Y, and you'll see there's a... .co.uk, which is the UK one, and then there's a .co for the US and a .ca for Canada, and it's easy to navigate once you're on the website to find out exactly where you should be shopping, but I ship worldwide, so you can shop anywhere and I'll still send it to you. (laughs) Excellent, that's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being
0: with us today and sharing your advice and your story and your journey, and you know, like I was telling you earlier, it's so important for us to tell these stories, because I feel like sometimes when you can see the stepping stones of the paths of so many women, you can find your path just by watching, okay, wait a minute, this one did that. I might try that, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And I think that helping to find that path and being able to see the role models and to see the successes and the struggles and the failures and then the other side of that. So I really appreciate you sharing with us today. And we will, of course, post how we can find your products. And I encourage everyone to try them. They sound fabulous. And I'll tell
1: you, one of the other great feelings I get is when people smell the products and just to see their faces, because it's like a really visceral feeling. You really do start to feel good when you start smelling it. So I'm really happy to share that with people. That's wonderful. Well,
0: thank you so much.
1: It was great talking
0: to you and we will keep up with you and watch what you do next. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass boss you were meant to be. Share On The Dot with your tribe. Like, subscribe, and share on onthedotwoman.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you stream your favorite pods. In observation of the Christmas holiday, We will not be airing a new episode next thursday december 27th instead we will be spending time with our family and loved ones make sure to tune in on thursday january 3rd for a very special mini episode where we will discuss our progress and success in 2018 and what we have in store for you in 2019. from all of us here at on the dot we wish you a very merry christmas and a very happy holiday season